Mini episode 1136 of the FDA Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris. With me here today, Raymond Smalley, good friend of the FDH Lounge, FDH Lounge dignitary, and the proprietor of the great sports and entertainment blog, Always Googling Atlee Hammaker. You can find that at alwaysgoogling.atleehammaker.blogspot.com. We've been going through and recording our divisional previews for the NFL in 2019, when in the midst of this, we had a little bit of a bombshell come down. Yes, Andrew Luck has retired, so there's some hot-breaking news, albeit a couple days later as we're recording this. But uh, getting our thoughts on this, on the life and times, the career of Andrew Luck, one of the most shocking retirements, as has been said in NFL history. People are likening it to when Jim Brown walked away, Barry Sanders, maybe to a much lesser degree, Megatron, because that was deemed to be kind of early. But that's one of those things where we'll always remember where we were when we got the news, Smalls. Absolutely. I don't know those who will listen. I was watching the Miami Hurricanes Florida Gators uh, third quarter on Saturday night as, as, again, I do not know how many of you that are listening were watching that game. Uh, I was, and when that, when, when the call on ESPN bled red and that popped, my first thought is I was being punked. My brother works in IT. Maybe he had somehow found a way to get into my television. Uh, I went to ESPN. I went to CBS uh, Sportsline, I went to FoxSports.com, nothing. Um, I clicked on Facebook, and in a group that I'm in, they said Adam Schefter was reporting it. I went to Adam Schefter's Twitter, confirmed that, and for the next several snaps, I don't know exactly the number of minutes, for the next several snaps, I sat there blankly staring toward the television, then realized oh, yeah, there's a very good college football game occurring right before my eyes. And I'm certain that I could not have been the only person with that feeling of life stopped for just a minute. It really did. And a couple notes that I have on this is that, uh, again, and I will put this out there for anybody who wants to check the archives at Always Googling Atlee Hammaker. Excellent game coverage. You were live blogging the game that night with your thoughts and observations. Uh, Very excellent granular coverage of it. Me, I got a uh, text from good friend Ben Chu with, uh, it was attaching the tweet from uh, the ESPN Sports Center account. So FDH Lounge Dignitary Ben Chu reaching out to me. And my first thought was, is this the fake sports center? Is this on the level? Is this, again, I'm, I'm trying to disprove it because it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know if this happened to you when you went to go check it, 
but I was one of the ones that went to check ESPN.com when it was down. It actually crashed their website. Subsequently, when you told me that, because after I after I composed myself, again, that was five, six, seven, eight, nine snaps. As soon as I composed myself, your phone rang. I know your phone rang because it was me. Yep. Um, your first words were, yeah, Ben just told me. You told me of ESPN crashing. I then went to ESPN.com, which was just a, a, a white wall with, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever an IP says to you, you know, when your computer, when your web page will not load. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, after you told me that, I went to ESPN and I saw that as well. I cannot, and obviously, granted, the internet hasn't been around, you know, for, for all of sports. It's only been around since Al Gore invented it. Yeah. However, I cannot remember another moment within my lifetime where ESPN.com, what Dan Patrick refers to as the mothership, I cannot remember another moment where the website crashed. And there obviously have been other big stories, other jaw-dropping moments in our lives. Well, yeah, and that's where... Again, we need a sense of proportion here. For all the times that people are like, hey, if you think back to like when the, the one photo shoot where Kim Kardashian pulled out her fat ass and took some pictures, Kim Kardashian just broke the internet. No, this is the closest we've seen to somebody breaking the internet because when ESPN.com with the powerful infrastructure goes down, yeah. and I saw screenshots of it on Twitter afterwards, which was just, it just added to the sort of surreal notion on what is a surreal story, one of the most of this entire decade, which is almost now over, but just an unbelievable, unbelievable moment in time, and having it come the way that it did, the news breaks while he's on the sideline. Again, the more, uh, the further that we get away from this thing here, as we hear that teammates knew about this, a handful of people in the organization, etc., I'm a little bit moving away further from my original take, which might have been a little bit knee-jerk, but it was like, Adam Schefter, did you really need to do this? Because you can draw a straight line between the timing of this thing and all those boob fans who were gracelessly booing him off the field in his final uniformed appearance with the Indianapolis Colts, something that was just utterly shameful uh, and, and a skid mark on the NFL, these people are. Uh, and that was, again, that was enabled by the timing of when the story broke. And again, surreal. He, uh, you know, he hits send on a tweet, and it goes all over the world, and the world includes, of course, Lucas Oil Stadium, which, the, side note on that, when I was there for the 2013 Big Ten Championship, I wonder if they still do this. I want to shame these people. They charged like 15 bucks to use their Wi-Fi back at the time. Now, I don't know if they still do that or not, but that's garbage. I've never been to another major arena or football stadium or anywhere that does that, so... Whether they do it anymore or not, shame on them. But uh, regardless, whether it be Wi-Fi or whether it be cell phone coverage, the word got around the stands, and the reaction was uh, was pretty bad. I mean, I'll tell you what, as a member of America's North Coast here, uh, the, the Browns fan base, I was, uh, again, w one of the things for which I am ashamed, I don't bear any personal guilt for this, because I was always a huge booster and supporter of Tim Couch, but I, I hate that my fellow idiot fans here in this city uh, cheered when he was down injured in a game in 2002 because their boob hero, Kelly Holcomb, was able to come into the game and 
uh, do some stuff before inevitably, I'm sure, throwing some interceptions. So, and between that and Bottlegate, I mean, I've been a part of fan bases that have gotten a lot of opprobrium from the national media. Philly, they'll never hear the end of booing Santa Claus. But this is about as bad as and ugly as it gets when a guy who literally gave his body for your stupid football team ends up getting the brunt of all of this from these garbage fans. I completely agree with all that you said, and I will ask you a question separately that you and I discussed before taping this. I will say this for all those fans, and, and again, I completely agree with what you said. There, there absolutely is no. Yeah, I think I, I, I think of the the senator. I think of, of Joseph Welch to McCarthy. At long last, sir, have you no sense of decency? Yeah. Uh, what I will say is that for those who were booing, and I wrote about this. I mean, you mentioned always googling Atlee Hammerker. Uh, you know, once again, once I composed myself, once Miami and you know, Florida ended. Uh, once I had, you know, what some would say in that in that moment called for a very good cocktail, I had myself a seven ounce Pepsi. Mm-hmm. I did not drink. Uh, once, you know, I had a moment of composing my thoughts. You know, there was a tweet that I then, you know, adapted into what I wrote and juxtaposed with the ninety-one wins the 2,000 completions, the more than 23,000 yards and 171 touchdowns. Andrew Luck, across these last seasons, torn cartilage within two ribs, a partially torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney, which left his urine laced with blood, a concussion, a torn labrum within his throwing shoulder, now calf and ankle injuries for all those who were multiple beers in, I will not speculate, if you are willing to live your day-to-day with that which I just described, all right, you can boo. I doubt very much that any one of those people that were drunk, that were intoxicated and obnoxious, are willing to live what Andrew Luck has lived these past few years. And the question I have for you is, are you surprised that, and again, I understand we live in the hot take culture, that might be where we are. Are you surprised the national media has given more of a pass to Indianapolis Colts fans for their reaction? I'm really surprised. Like, I want to know what the agenda is for Colin Cowherd, that he's not piling on them, because he's such an elitist, he'll always pile on the fans. So where is he now? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, very surprised by this, because the, the reaction that came from them was just unforgivable. And, you know, I will say this, uh, you know, as well, as I have to sort of tiptoe gently from mentioning those takes to mentioning a take of a longtime close personal friend and business associate of mine, FDH Director of Research Nate Noy, and an FDH Lounge original dignitary, who I got to just say, I mean, if I'm calling these takes garbage, I mean, I, I got to be fair and say that I think his are too, because he was texting me some of this stuff. And he's a Colts fan, so I, I get that. But, oh, he's a bust. He never, you know, led the team to anything, whatever. And I texted him back and I said, look, dude, you know, he, he he didn't have really a coach, an offensive line, a general manager, none of that till like a year ago. It was the last year of his career that he had any of this stuff, and it was his best year. 
And, you know, to Nate, he's still a pussy and this and that and whatever. I mean, I just, I, I couldn't disagree more. I, I really, really couldn't. And, again, you can be frustrated, but uh, I, I would direct the boos and everything like that. First of all, I wouldn't have booed in the moment because it's going to look like you're booing him. But if you want to boo uh, ownership, if you want to boo the past general manager, if you want to boo everyone who's responsible for his career being an underachievement to this point, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, and, and there are people that, again, I saw Dan Dockich on a show the other day where he was talking about, oh, you know, throwing interceptions, making bad throws. He, he was digging the holes that he would sometimes lead them out of. I mean, to me, that's nitpicking. I, I, I just, again, I know you and I disagree on the greatness of Andrew Luck. I, I felt that he was everything people said he was when he came out. And I always felt that when healthy, uh, he was uh, that guy and becoming that guy. I, I think he's been a work in progress the last couple of years. But 2018, I think, was as close to being a fully realized Andrew Luck. It's certainly as close as we'll ever see. But for that to be his last year, that's something to me that he can look back on that with pride because he just about got there on a personal level. But much like we see in baseball, whether it be Barry Bonds, Ted Williams, whatever, you're also dependent on the team around you if you're ultimately going to win a ring. I completely agree that 2018 was his best season. Did I believe that he was all that everyone believed that he was entering the NFL from Stanford? No. I said before that draft, I would have traded out of one if I were the Colts. I would not have traded up to two if I were Washington. I did not believe in either one of those quarterbacks. That said, he was outstanding for the Colts fans who booed, and I'll talk of the national take. The, the interview you referenced with Dan Dockage, I invite everyone to watch. That was Dan Patrick's show the other day. Right. Um, I watched the same interview. Um, for those who would boo, I would say that for his career, and I did not realize this until I researched my own column on Saturday night, there was never for the Colts within his tenure a losing season. Yeah. How many franchises? Rick, you are a fan of two. Two that have had their fair share of losing seasons. One notably two years ago going 0-16. Yeah. Would you take a quarterback who walks away prematurely if you do not within his tenure have a losing season? Damn Skippy. Both the Browns and one a team, the Dolphins, obviously – I uh, could have used somebody like him, uh, and that is an understatement. And this is one of these things here where, again, the hot take artists that are out there, I, I regret that Dan Dockich was able to get any kind of ink out of this or, or media appearances because, again, I, I think a lot of times we're better off just ignoring them. The exception and to I that rule, say, well, here's the thing. I'm glad that Doug Gottlieb got dragged, and basically his whole shoplifting thing came back into the fore and whatever because – he made it personal, and it was a thing where, again, and, and again, under normal circumstances, you know, I, I'm not necessarily a fan of going into anybody's past or whatever, but if you're opening that door, uh, and again, if you're Doug Gottlieb, you got no business doing this. And I don't give a crap if his sister is now an assistant coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers or whatever. It still doesn't mean i got to like that guy. So for him to go and do that, it was satisfying to see him get dragged by one and all. No, absolutely, and and you know Troy Aikman. Yes, that was that was the yeah, that was the first response I saw 
because Doug Gottlieb, and, and this is a larger point about current current national media personalities, I shall call them. Colin Cowherd, you and I have uh, you and I have often not only discussed, we have derisively mocked Colin Cowherd, and I would be remiss if at this moment I did not say. Oh, <laughs> My voice couldn't handle the impression right now. I don't think no one's. I don't think no one's ears should be subjected to the impression. <laughs> and once more, for all those out there who now find every neighborhood dog in your back door, just ignore them; they will go away. Yes. <laughs> I will say this of current national media personalities: Doug Gottlieb, you know him retiring because because rehab was too hard is the most millennial thing ever and I applaud Troy Aikman somebody who laced them up and went out there and dealt with not all that Andrew Luck dealt with but his fair share within his career yep. uh, he was he was the first he was the first one to chirp back I admire Troy Aikman for his career I admire him for what he said because Doug Gottlieb don't know does not know and whether it's Doug Gottlieb Nick Wright, I understand why Toronto Raptors fans boo. That was a guy who, you know, was getting buckets against you, speaking obviously of Kevin Durant, and then, you know, the event died down, but all he realized is that guy's not going to be able to score against you. No, classless is classless is classless. And I once said about a guy that you and I know, Rick, whose name I'll leave out because his name doesn't deserve to be mentioned but he was always of the you know well I didn't mean for people to think I was a jerk and what I would always say to you Rick when you and I discuss this person is a jerk thought of in Manhattan is a jerk in Manhattan Kansas is a jerk in Manhattan Beach California yeah and I will say uh I am, as, as someone who is quasi-media, obviously recording with you and writing, I know you consider yourself quasi-media. Both of us are classically trained journalists. I would argue that my education at a Mac school was better than yours. Uh, however... It's not the Harvard on the Hocking, though, Smalley. It is not. It is Kent State. Uh, <laughs> Kent Reed, Kent Wright, Kent State. Than, than you, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> well, I am embarrassed. I know you were embarrassed. As someone who is quasi-media, as someone with a journalism degree, I know you have a journalism degree. I cannot believe there are people out there who, 2018, just when you thought every norm was shattered, just when you thought, you know, our jaws can't drop again, we can't look where we are and wince anymore. No, it turns out I'll quote Joseph Welch again. I'll paraphrase him, actually. It turns out we have no sense of decency. And for Doug Gottlieb and Nick Wright and Colin Cowherd and others, Dan Dockage, you know, saying things that are so blatantly meant to get them clicks, to get them likes, to get them reaction, I am embarrassed for y'all. Yep. It is embarrassing. If your first thought when something like this happens is, how can I use it to get myself over... You either have no talent or you have no estimation that you have any talent, and uh, that's probably a correct estimation on your part if you're if you're thinking that. And, I, and again, you and know, I will add one yeah. of the one of the 
one of the journalists I absolutely love, Dan Patrick, who I know you watch and I watch. Yeah. Colt Warner, and I would ask Colts fans to boo this. I would ask everyone justifying Colts fans booing this. Colt Warner did an excellent 14-minute spot the other day on Dan Patrick's show, and he talked about that one year where he was scout team quarterback in Arizona, and this is a former league MVP, this is a former Super Bowl MVP, who is now reduced to running plays that are held up on cards for him. Yep. And he talked about, you know, money. And I understand they make, especially when you're a quarterback in the National Football League, you make a great deal of money. Yeah. However, he talked about, this wasn't fun anymore. You got into, you don't get into this game because there is a lot of money to be made. You get into this game for the film study. You get into this game for the cat and mouse of looking across and a linebacker checking your check. Now, that is why you get into this game. Going to work for Andrew Luck, as Kurt Warner discussed, going to work that one year, was not any fun anymore. And I do not care if you are a clerk at Sheets. I don't care if you're an accountant. I don't care if you're in a creative industry. I don't care if you're a quarterback of the National Football League, as Kurt Warner beautifully illustrated. When the fun is gone, when the joy is gone, you have every right to walk away. You should walk away. Absolutely. The uh, and, and by the way, one more thing about the reaction on this. And uh, what I absolutely loved, uh, you know, I, as, as the kids would say, doing a flex here, Troy Aikman's little dismissive dig at Doug Gottlieb about, yeah, that's why you work at FS1. <laughs> when Troy works for the same media company, you got to be a pretty big dog to be able to get away with burying a lesser channel under your own media conglomerate. But uh, Troy Aikman can do that, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, and God, God bless him. And the headline perfectly, you mentioned Troy Aikman aside Joe Buck on Fox. You mentioned Doug Gottlieb working for FS1. The absolute perfect headline in the first place, I just Googled this, so I was reminded. The first place I saw Troy, Ag- Troy Aikman's reaction to Doug Gottlieb was, you want to know where, Rick? Twitter.com. A headline, Troy Aikman shreds Doug Gottlieb over Andrew Luck criticism from the New York Post. Well, yeah, you gotta love that. And uh, again, the the thing that makes it tough for me, guys like me and you who are certainly sports historians, is it's always really, really sad when somebody becomes a what if. You file uh, Andrew Luck's career now right alongside Bo Jackson, uh, Barry Sanders to whatever degree, because he had a lot of good years left in the tank, certainly Jim Brown as well for my Cleveland Browns. Uh, and then there's ones where it's even more poignant, like a Joe Delaney, who was unfortunately uh, taken from this earth altogether at such a young age, or a Reggie Brown, or what have you. So there, there are, uh, there are, I'm sorry, Jerome Brown. I, I did a little mashup on the names there, Jerome Brown. But, uh, you know, there are things where it's just, it's really, really sad when you, you just have a story like this. Because I always expected Andrew Luck to live up to all the accolades, and I think if he played, uh, you and I might not necessarily agree on this, I think if he played, he would have, 
and uh, now he's gone. And it's a thing where it's uh, for for teams like my Cleveland Browns in the AFC. That's great, one less competitor in there. But uh, again, if you're a wider fan of football or of sports, this sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll yeah I'll say again that you know I as I wrote, shocking each one of us who appreciate the ruggedly complex game of football. And, you know, years later, you will tell those you love, you will tell those within your life when you're sitting around on a Sunday watching a game, I saw him play. And you will say it wistfully and you will say it with a little bit of regret within your voice because you will never know, we will never know. Would we have? Would he have ultimately ascended the same flight as Peyton Manning and been a Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts? You'd like to think so. You'd like to believe that. The truth is, we will never know. And that is the great sadness within all of this. It is, and while that really sucks, it's actually basically the best point at which to leave this because that's what this is, and that's why this story is so confusing. And again, from a sports fan and sports historian perspective, painful because now there will always be the what-ifs. He becomes another one of those guys, and I never like to see those guys in any sport. I never like them. I mean, if I don't like them, I suppose it doesn't bother me as much, but still... Uh, you know, and most of the time, I don't think there, there any. I don't think there's been any guys that I've disliked that this has happened to, and that streak becomes unbroken still because uh, I, I had nothing against Andrew Luck and kind of liked him as far as what I knew of him, as did a lot of people. And uh, hopefully, everything will go good from him from this point on. I know that. And you uh, know what's interesting about what you said mm-hmm. as, as, as we wrap? Jim Brown walked away early, but we got to see Jim Brown. We got yeah. to see Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Barry Sanders walked away early, but we got to see Barry Sanders be Barry Sanders. As you talked of earlier perfectly, with the exception of one year in 2018, we never really got to see Andrew Luck be Andrew Luck. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, Again, uh, you talk about reckless speculation. FDH Lounge dignitary Anthony Patron wanting to be first on the whole clip and save here. Andrew Luck to the XFL! Uh, to, to the rest of us, we recognize it as a punchline, but uh, Anthony sees it as a conspiracy. Uh, he, I can't believe he had no answer when I said to him, uh, he didn't want to get beat up and be pissing blood for $30 million, but he's going to be beat up and pissing blood for 30000 So, yeah, sorry, happen ain't gonna. Why not? <laughs> well, if it happens, Anthony Patron will be here on the show, I'm sure to say. You heard it here first from me. But, uh, and again, I'm sure that will not be the case. And, again, we have just this brief career of Andrew Luck to look back upon and celebrate, and uh, hopefully we help do it a little bit of justice here during this segment. Thank you for joining us for this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All Clear Channel Affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time 
Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse, and The Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements. 